0: Amen. Thank God for his goodness. Let's stand together, if you would, please. Your Bible open. Acts chapter number 8. I, you know what's amazing, Brother Graff? I wish every church member knew what it was to get a message from God. Uh, just remain standing a moment. I want to say this, and then I'll read, and you can be seated and preach. God never has a set pattern of giving a message. It's on the most unusual way. Sometimes you're reading the Bible, and just a phrase or a verse or a thought jumps out. Oftentimes you look at it again and say, man, I never saw that before. And that little seed thought becomes a message as the Holy Ghost develops it. Sometimes, and the list is long. I'm not going to be long on it, but sometimes you hear somebody testify. God will give you a thought to preach on. Sometimes somebody else is preaching, Brother Jack, and boy, a thought just jumps out. Starts building in your heart. Sometimes, as we say here in Georgia, out of the clear blue. You know, you're not thinking, you're not hunting, and just that quick a thought comes in your mind. And, of course, the Holy Ghost puts it there, and then God starts developing it. Yesterday evening, I went in my study working on some things. I'm working on another book and working on some radio, and I got distracted by the Holy Spirit. I got taken away from my work that I was in. And God began to work in my heart with what I'm fixing to preach tonight, and so I'm using my notebook. If it bothers you, uh, uh, don't worry about it, but uh, I remember Dr. Reno Davis said he could not see how a minute and a half outline could hurt an hour and a half preaching. (laughs) Amen. But uh, God really worked in my heart something last night. I want to give it to you this evening. I believe God wants me to. And just as I said, I mean, just I wasn't searching. I wasn't thinking about that. I was working on what I was working on. And God began to deal with my heart, so I'm anxious to see what God's going to do, and I hope you'll pray God will have his will and way in the service tonight. Before I read, let me say thank you for the support for the radio ministry. We're still on over 120 stations a day as far as I know, and then our radio bill still runs over $5,000 a month. You can pay any month you want to. Amen. Cash, check, or money order. We even take credit cards and return them after 30 days. Acts chapter number one, number eight, rather. I'm going to start reading at verse number 26. Acts chapter eight, verse number 26. The Bible said, and the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise, go toward the south into the way that goeth down from from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. And he rose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia and eunuch of great authority under Candace, uh, the queen under Candace, the queen of Ethiopians, who had the, the charge of all her treasures, had come to Jerusalem for to worship, and was returning and sitting in his chariot, and read, read Isaiah the prophet. Then the Spirit of the Lord said unto Philip, Go near, and join thyself to this chariot. And Philip ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah, and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? And he said, How can I, except some man should guide me? And he desired, Philip, that he would come up and sit down, come up and sit with him. The place of the Scripture where he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, as a, and like a lamb dumb before her, his shears, so he openeth, so opened he not his mouth. In his humiliation his judgment was taken away. And who shall declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. And the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee, of whom speaketh this prophet, of himself or of some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth and began the same scriptures and preached unto him. Jesus, keep your Bible open. Let's bow our heads and hearts for a moment of prayer Then the message from the Word of God for this time this evening. Our precious Heavenly Father, again, dear Lord, tonight, at the throne of grace and mercy in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I bow before you in prayer. Father, I do want to say thank you for the joy of salvation. Lord, I want to thank you one more time. You let me be born in America. You let me hear the gospel you saved me by your marvelous grace. You call me to preach. You put me in the ministry. You have kept me there, dear Lord, all these years. <clears throat> and Father, you've given me great joy and victory in knowing and serving you. Dear Lord, I acknowledge your seed and I owe it all to you, Lord. Amen. I know there Lord, within me that is within my flesh. Rather, no good thing. I know that without the leadership of the Holy Spirit, without the power of God, my efforts are vain. So Lord, I would ask you tonight, Father, that you would take me as thy servant. Touch me with thy spirit. Oh, God, talk to us tonight from the scriptures. Say what you want to say. Do what you want to do. Help me to help your people. Then the Lord save the unsaved in our presence tonight. And for what you do, Father, I'll give you praise, honor, and glory for it all. Because I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Thank you. May we see that. Do keep your Bible open, please, sing them with a message for tonight from the word of God. I want to deal tonight with a subject that probably has been one of the greatest sins and failures in my Christian life. Can I make just a statement? I'm not boasting. I'm nothing but the grace of God. But, Brother Gravely, I have given attention to reading the Word of God and studying the Scripture. I have spent a little time in that. I've watched that. I've guarded my Bible reading and study through the years. I have, by the grace of God, developed a personal prayer time and prayer life. And I've guarded that through the years. And there's other things that I could say, my giving to missions and giving tithes and giving money to God's Word. I've guarded that through the years. But I read you a story tonight about how God uses individuals that are saved to go after individuals that are not saved by the grace of God. I mean, it's the same to say what I'm fixing to say. But we've come to the place in our independent fundamental Baptist churches where there is mostly more said against soul winning than there is for soul winning. Now I want to say real quickly, I am totally opposed to the one, two, three, repeat after me. I'm opposed to that crowd that just walked down the aisle and sign up. I won't tell you what's the truth. We have sinned against God. We're going to let that crowd drive us away from scripture. I say people being used of the Holy Ghost to go after sinners and bring them to the Lord Jesus Christ. I remember many years ago, I was at the Temple Baptist Church over on Rossville Boulevard, and it was in the old building, and back across the back, back there, preacher by the balcony, there was a banner, had three lines on it. that said this, they will not come. They must be brought. They will not learn. They must be taught. They will not seek. They must be sought. I want to say this tonight. I think every person in here knows this, that God has given us a responsibility of reaching sinners with the gospel of the grace of God. Matter of fact, I am convinced that there are some sinners that you can reach that nobody else can. It's been proven over and over again where some man of God done his best as pastor to reach a particular person. And when they fell, then God, there was some individual Brother the David and they went on that obedience to God and God saved that person by the marvelous grace of God. Now I say to you, there is no greater joy than leading a sinner to the Savior. In one sense, it's almost like being saved by are you being saved again, your own sin? But I want to deal tonight with this and ask the Holy Spirit to speak to us from the Word of God this evening. In our text verses, and I know, preacher, you've probably done preach this outline many times and store it. But in our text verses tonight, the Bible speaks of three men. Notice, if you will, please, in verse number, in verse number, my bottom page there, verse number 26, right in the middle of the verse, you see the, the letter and the word man, amen. You see that? The Bible said, uh, verse number 27, and he rose and went and behold, amen. Now, if you're making notes, I want you to underline that and right by the side of it, I want you to put the two words, the sinner. Then if you look down in your Bible, please, at verse number 31, the Bible said, and he said, how can I, except, here it is, underline it, some man. Amen, the sinner, some man, and I'm using the word even if people don't like it, the soul winner. But look down, if you will, please, at verse number 34. And the Bible said in the latter part of the verse, whom speaketh this prophet, be it of himself or of some other man. Underline them three words, and by the side of that, put down the Savior. So you've got amen, a sinner, some man, the soul winner, and some other man, the Savior. Now, I, I know you shouted out this morning, and that's good, and I'd like to shout it out tonight, but I understand we're not going to shout, much, maybe what I'm dealing with for a little while. But I, I don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit. I'm not here just to shout it out, though I like that. But I want to give you what God wants me to in the service tonight. I want to say to you without hesitation, one of the greatest responsibilities that you and I have is not saving sinners because we cannot do that. It's not producing fruit in our own effort because that would be bad fruit to start with. But God has given to us, 2 Corinthians 5 tells us, he's given to us a ministry of reconciliation. And in that work of reconciliation, God has given to us a word of reconciliation. That word that reconciles sinners back to God is nothing more or less than the gospel Of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is still the power of God under salvation that every sinner that believeth it, everyone that believeth it. I I, want to just take a moment to do that. I'm glad you cannot find a sinner that God does not love. You cannot find a sinner that Christ did not die for. And you cannot find a sinner that the grace of God is not sufficient to save. And you cannot find a sinner that is so wretched and wicked and vile that the blood of Christ will not cleanse him from every sin. And you cannot find a sinner that's so bad but what a conversion to Christ makes a new creature out of him. Yes, One dear man I was asked one time by another man, dear man of oh God I was asked by another man, how can I get this man to quit lying? He said, get him saved. Get him saved. That'll cure drinking problems. It'll cure lying problems. It'll cure adulterous problems. It'll cure a lot of family problems. It'll cure a lot of church problems. See him saved but. the of your You see, you cannot stay what you are if you're saved. I, somebody give me this, and I posted the other day on Facebook. An unchanged life evidences an unconverted soul. When a soul is saved, the life changes. Amen. Amen. I might be in bed when I say this. You know, I like to hear black preachers preach, they just got a way of saying it. We pale faces can't keep up with them. But the black preacher said one day, preaching, is you is what you was, you ain't. Do I need to interpret that for you? If you're still the same, you're not saved by the grace of God. Never been a sinner that gone down so deep that grace couldn't go beneath him and lift him out. Never been a sinner gone too far that grace could not go beyond him and bring him back in. Never been a mouth that's too foul that the grace of God cannot clean up. Never been a sinner with any wicked habit but what one dose of all-time salvation will change him and deliver him from the bondage and power of sin and make him a new creature in the Lord Jesus Christ. But our problem is we fail in getting the life-changing gospel to them. We wait on him to make their own change. That's not God's plan. I want to back up and look at the text tonight for a few moments, and I don't think I'll preach long, but I I want to give you what the Lord wants me to do. In verse number 27, let's look at this amen, the sinner, for just a moment. When I look at this man, amen, a sinner, the first thing I want you to notice is that this man, a sinner, I want you to notice his position. The Bible said that this man who was a sinner, first of all, was the finance treasurer, if I could say it that way, a man of great authority under Queen Candace of Ethiopia, who was in charge of all the treasure and had come to Jerusalem for the worship. Now, I want you to look at me just a moment. I'm not going to linger here. I don't care what your position in life is. It doesn't help you to Christ to be saved and it cannot hinder you if you don't let it from being saved. But there's a lot of people trusting in a noticed position, an elevated position, and they're trusting that position, Brother Jack, to get them to heaven. Right. I want to say to you, my friend, I don't care what your position is. I don't care what your title is. You do not go to heaven because of your position in this world. you go to heaven when you find, by the grace of God, a position in the Lord Jesus Christ. And when you're saved, the Holy Ghost puts you in that position. And that alone is salvation. But position will take a lot of people to hell. A lot of people stay out of church because of their position. I hate to say it, but a lot of people allow position to keep them out of church. I want you to notice the second thing. Not only there's his position, but also in the same verse of Scripture, I want you to look at his tradition. Now, there is such thing as good traditions, but I want to make this statement. Tradition never takes anybody to heaven. This man was not, as far as we know, he's not a drunk, he's not a whoremonger. He's not somebody of what we'd call vile sinner. He has a tradition of what it is. The context is very plain. Number one, he goes to church. Going to church doesn't make a sinner saved no more than going to a garage makes you an automobile. He not only got a tradition of going to church, and by the way, I still believe Christians go to church. You say, well, preacher, I don't go. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about Christians. I believe Christians go to church. If what I had wouldn't get me out of bed on Sunday morning, take me to the house of God, I wouldn't trust it to get me out of the grave on resurrection morning and take me to heaven. Amen. Amen? Amen? But he's got a tradition. He's going to church. Number two, boy, this gets even better in a lot of Baptists. He's got a tradition of reading the scripture. Brother Roach, he's a church going, Bible reading man. Let's make a deacon out of him. Give him a Sunday school class. Are you with me? I'm telling you, you can be religious as religious as Nicodemus was and still die in your sin and go to hell. You can have any position in the church and still die in your sin and go to hell. You see, the Bible teaches us that he's got a tradition, he's got a position, but thirdly, and here's what I want to deal with for a moment, not only his tradition, not only his position, but I want to know his, his condition. What is his condition? It's the same as every sinner. Now, I want to take a moment to deal with this. What is a condition of a sinner? And I'm glad you're listening. I hope you will take in what I'm saying. I still believe Christ tasted death for every sin of every sinner. I'm repeating myself, but I want to repeat myself for emphasis. I don't think you can find a sinner that God doesn't love and that Christ did not die for him. Brother Gravity, there'll not be one sinner in hell that said I had to come because God didn't love me and Christ didn't die for me. Amen. Amen. But I'm telling you, The condition of sinners needs to be understood in our day. The Bible gives three descriptions about the condition of a sinner. Number one, the scripture teaches us in Jeremiah 9, 17, that the sinner has a heart that is deceitful and desperately wicked. Preacher, that's even my grandkids and your grandkids. That's that's every one of us. Every sinner is born with a deceitful heart. I want to play. I want to deal with that word just a moment. You know what does the heart of a sinner deceive him about? Can I just throw out a couple and you ponder them? My heart's never deceived me about my race. I've never thought it was Jewish. I never thought it was Hispanic. I never thought it was Oriental. I never thought it was the Indians of the Far East. I have some Cherokee Indian blood flowing through my veins, as well as some French blood. And uh, I, I could act like an Indian. I could put on a headgear. I could put on a, a, a Tommy Hawk on my thigh. Boxing's on my feet. Paint on my face. I could get up here, and I might make you think I'm an Indian. But my heart's never made me think that. It don't. See, the heart don't deceive us about our race. The heart doesn't deceive us about riches. I never thought I was rich, and by the way, I never thought I was poor. Somebody told me after I got grown in marriage, and when we were kids, we were so poor that it took 11 O's between a P and R. I mean, that is poor. (laughs) But I've always had a place to sleep. Clothes to wear. Shoes to... Now, don't don't lose me. I've never been deceiving my heart about my riches, about my race. You're so a preacher. What does a devil deceive a sinner about? He deceives him about two words, religion. And number two, relationship. They're not the same. Now if you have relationship, you will have religion, but you can have religion and not have relationship. Not only got a deceitful heart, every sinner's got a darkened mind. The God of this world had blinded the mind of them that believe not lest the light of the glorious gospel should shine unto them. You know, I just say this and I got to move. I'm bogging in too long here from the beginning. You and I look at sinners doing some things they're doing and especially the religious lost. You know, all the murders of the Muslim world, most all of them, Brother Gravel, have been done in the deceit of religion. You know what we want to say? Can't they see? Can't they see? That's not right. You know what the Bible truth is? No. The God of this world had blinded the eyes of their mind. Lest the lie of the glorious gospel should shine. But not only every sinner's got a deceitful heart, he's got a darkened mind. Of course, we've got a dying body. But the Bible describes us as being dead in trespasses and sin. I want you to hear me, and I've got to move. Brother Grant, every sinner has a deceitful heart, every sinner has a darkened mind. Every sinner is dead in trespasses and sin. Now look at me just a moment. You know what? The, there's just one cure for each of these. You know what the cure for a deceitful heart is? Regeneration. Only God with the power of the gospel can convert a sinner and make her sane out of him. The Bible calls it Regeneration. But the David Reformation won't work. It may last a few days. But I'm saying, God, the power of the gospel can take a sinner, make him a new creature, birth him in the family of God, and he never gets over it by the grace of God. But not on the hope of those that are in, with a deceitful heart, they need regeneration. But those with darkened minds got to have revelation. Shine the light into the darkness of their soul. Then I go to the third one. You know there's not but one hope for somebody that's dead. We could lay Lazarus out here on on the altar bench there and somebody could say all he needs is education. Somebody said all he needs is exhortation, just encourage him. Somebody said all he needs is an example. Somebody said all he needs is just a change of environment. no. He's dead. He don't need but one thing and that one thing is life. You see, for a sinner to pass from a degenerate to a regenerate, the power of a sinner to move from darkness and blindness into the glorious light of the gospel, the power of a sinner to be resurrected and pass from death into life is not in himself. It's the gospel of Christ that births sinners in the family of God and saves them by God's amazing Amen. grace. Amen. But now, make sure you hear what I'm fixing to say. Brother grab what I just said, the gospel is not just one of the ways. Do you hear me, church? Good. It's the only right. way. I think I need to say that again. The gospel, the word of God, the power of God, that's not one of the ways. It is the only way. Now, you can call me mind if you want to, but I'm just saying to you as plain as I can. Can I say it in Georgia language? There is no other way. There's no other way. Nothing, nothing, nothing can bring a sinner to a point of conviction and conversion, but the gospel of the grace of our God that sinner, we see his position, we see his condition, His tradition, he's reading the Bible, he's going to church, but his condition is something that's beyond himself. Christ. He cannot save himself or convert himself. I want you to know a second in our study tonight, not only there is the amen, but down in verse number, let's get with verse number 29. The Bible said, Then the Spirit saith unto Philip, Go near, and join thyself to this chariot. And Philip ran hither to him, and heard him read the prophet Isaiah, and said, Understandeth thou what thou readest. This lost man had enough knowledge to know, and he said, How can I except some man should guide me? Now, notice he will, and he said, verse number 31, and he said, how can I accept some man should got me? So we got a man, the sinner. Now we got the man, the soul winner. There are three very important lessons given in our text tonight that we need to learn, and we need to see this. We need to learn this and allow God to do what he wants to do in our hearts and lives I hope you'll write these down and take note of them at least and allow them to work in your heart. I'm telling you, Brother Graham that God is preaching to me tonight. My own heart needs what I'm fixing to say to you. Watch me just a moment, then you can write it down. First thing I want you to notice is following the Spirit got him to the right person. There is no substitute for the leadership and the power of the Spirit of God in going after sinners with the gospel. Look back in your Bible, if you will, please, in verse number 30, verse number 29. The Bible said, The Spirit uh, said unto him, Go near and join thyself. Look at the next two, three words. To this chariot. Now, I think it's evident, if you know much about tradition, this man was not traveling along. There was a caravan with him there was others with him for his protection but the Holy Ghost pointed out a particular chariot I still believe the Holy Ghost can put on your heart a particular person now we ought to share the gospel with everybody I am not saying don't share the gospel with others but I'm telling you if we pray and seek God's face and follow the Holy Spirit he will get us to the right person whom he has got ready to hear the gospel and be saved by the grace of God. Amen. I wonder as I meditated throughout the night last night and today on this, I wonder how many times I've missed it well, right. because I failed to listen to that still, small voice. Right. And in my haste, I've passed by opportunity after opportunity see somebody saved by the grace of God. I remember several years ago, I was in Young Harris, Georgia. Actually, we were in Blairsville, Georgia, having lunch. and The meeting was in Young Harris. And Brother Gravity probably, it must have been, it was a preacher's fellowship meeting. Something. There must have been a dozen preachers, and they just lined us up a big old long table. Brother Jack, you could have even been there. It was an old-fashioned fellowship meeting way back yonder then. And they came to take our order, young lady taking our order. And Listen, I'm not super spiritual. I ought to be able to tell a thousand stories like I'm fiction tell, but I can't. She worked her way down through there. I was on the far end, Brother Roach, and every time she took somebody's word, it just seemed like it got more pressure on me. Somebody needs to witness to that lady. Somebody needs to witness. I was like, nobody did. So she got down to mine. I was the last one, and I said, "Ma'am, are you saved? You know what she's supposed to do? Yeah, hang on." But you know what she did Blue Billy She said, no. And just stood there and looked at me. I reached my gospel tracks, and I didn't have a track in my pocket. So I started, you know what I'm talking about for been out there long. She got my order and went on her way to take and turn them in. I said to the young preacher with me, run out there to the car and get some tracks out of the glove department. I've got to give that girl a track. I've done that hundreds of times, and you have too. But Brother Gravity, if you're sitting on that front pew, that day the Holy Ghost said she don't need a track. She needs Christ. Amen. Amen. Tracks have their place. Give them out. But there are times when they need more than a track. They're ready for somebody to share a simple presentation of the gospel Amen. with them. They brought our food, and she was, it was a busy hour for her. I didn't want to interrupt her. So I didn't eat much, but I went to the bathroom and prayed. And I said, Lord, I believe that girl needs to be saved. If if you will, Lord, and it's your will to do so, I want you to arrange a way I can meet with her and witness to her without getting her in trouble. I come out, and you've got a men's bathroom here, a water cooler, and another another lady's bathroom on the other side. I came out, and Brother Gladwell, there's a table sitting this way here in front of the water cooler like that. And she is on the other side of that table cleaning off the table where somebody had finished. i never forget it, Brother Lanny. I looked at her and I said, ma'am, God would save you today if you'd let him. She folded up that, not folded up, she kind of just wadded up that dishcloth that she's cleaned the table with. Laid it around. Brother Lanny, she come around there and she stood on one side of the water cooler and I stood on the other and she said, tears. And they ran down into the water cooler. And she drank of the water of life. Amen. Saved by the grace of God. I could tell you a few other stories like that, but again, I repeat in my own condemnation, I ought to have thousands of them, many peoples I've come into. How many have I missed? When I stand at the judgment seat of Christ, how many folks' blood will be driven at my fingertips because I was too busy to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit? Watch this, number two. Not only following the Spirit, God, her or him to the right place, but number two, Familiarity with the Scriptures gave him the right power. Salvation does not reside in sob stories and fairy tales. I want to tell you, this Bible still thunders out: the Gospel of Christ is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. It's in our own shame. You know, we have such a tendency to argue if somebody disagrees with us. I was told as a young man by a pastor, Stinnett, don't ever argue with a lost person about any religious question. He said if they bring up something, wiggle out of it and come back to the main thought. Now watch this. Philip in verse number 35 began at the same scripture. I don't care what it is, Brother Gravely, we ought to study till we can come to the place when somebody asks us a question that we can revert from that to Christ, the gospel. Amen. There, ain't no, there is no salvation in is this right or that wrong, or do we do this, all of those things are good for Satan, but there's no salvation for sinners in that. There's not one thing that brings a sinner to salvation and that's the power of the gospel. Oh, God, help us, but listen to me. The dynamite of God never explodes when we keep it hidden in our heart, hidden in our head. The gospel must be thrust out to the lost and dying world. And I encourage every person in this building, if you don't know it already, Get you a chain memory of so- verses on leading people to Christ. And can I say it? Learn them till you can sing them like a song. You can quote them. It's all right to read to people when they're calm enough to read to. Sometimes they're not that. But you ought to have it hidden in your heart. Quote it. The gospel is the power of God under salvation. I remember twice in my life, Brother Gravity on Visitation, I've had this to happen one of them I pastored or pastored or something down Chickamauga for a year and a half. And, and uh, one of them was down there. when I was down there. We had this lady and her husband were members of the church and they had uh, two boys. Uh, one of them at least was grown and married, maybe both of them. And I went and seen them more than one time. I went and seen the married one. And I was going up the road one night, Brother Gravely. And the Holy Spirit give me this. And we sat down at the table there and I said to him, I won't call his name. I said, "Did you ever think about? Do you know how to be saved if you ever wanted to be?" He said, "No." I said, "Can I take the Word of God and show you how to be saved if you ever want to be saved?" Sunday night, he's at church. As soon as I give invitation, he hit the altar. The power of God unto salvation is the gospel. When I was passing verse, sitting at a, dining room table, at a dining room table with a man probably 35, 40 years old, I did the same thing. And I remember that night, Brother Gravity, that dining table, I got through that and got through that. And I said, now, if you ever want to be saved, this is how it goes. All of a sudden, he said, I believe I can do that. We bow there to take, I'm telling you, the power of God rests and abides in the gospel Learn the scriptures. Again, I emphasize. There's nothing wrong with telling experience. There's nothing wrong with maybe even some humor sometimes. But the power that brings a sinner out of sin, the Christ for salvation, is the power of God. And we must not only follow the spirit to get us to the right person, but we must be familiar with the scriptures and have the right power as we witness those that are lost. But number three, some, this uh, other man, some man, I want following the scriptures. For me, following the spirit God, in the right place. For me, for me the scriptures give me the right power. But faithfulness and sharing gain the right profession. You know, the gospel, is called the seed. And the seed is no good in the barn. It's no need, no good. I'm talking about for others, shut up in our heart. Amen. We've got to get the seed in the ground if they're ever going to produce and bring forth fruit. So this other man gives us an example. They see the sinner's condition. We see his tradition. We see his position. But here we see a man, Philip, a man, followed the Spirit, got him the right person, familiar with the Scripture, gave him the right power, and then faithful in sharing. Gain the right profession. Quickly, let me give you the last thing I'll be through. Look, if you will, please, down at verse number 34. You know the scripture, if you're familiar with it here, he has read from, he is reading from Isaiah 53. Let me just take a moment and read it. The Bible said in verse number 32, the place of the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter and as a lamb done before his shears, so so opened he not his mouth. In his humiliation, his judgment was taken away and who shall declare his generation for his life was taken from earth. And the eunuch answered and said, I pray thee of whom speaketh this prophet of himself or of some other man. Now, Brother Gravely, I'm human as you're human, and we just have to let the Holy Spirit work some things in our heart and we study the Word of God like this. And I got to thinking, I wonder how Isaiah, pardon me, I wonder how the eunuch developed Isaiah 53 to this man. And I came up with this, and I'm going to give it to you, and I'll be through. I don't see how anybody can deal with Isaiah 53, especially dealing with the sinner without these thoughts, and they're all concerning Christ. We learn about his death. First of all, it was a sorrowful death, a man of sorrow. It was a suffering death, smitten of God, and afflicted, wounded, bruised. All those words are used there. I believe he talks about the sorrow of Christ dying on the cross. He talks about the suffering of Christ dying on the cross. But number three then, preacher, I believe he talked about the substitution. Amen. How can you read Isaiah 53 and not see that he was wounded for our transgression? Amen. He has bruised for our that shall stand with the, the of our peace is upon him and thy stripes, we are healed. I'm saying to you, I believe Philip told him uh, about a Savior who's a substitute that took my sin, my suffering, my sorrow, and died in my place. Amen. Amen. All right, God, no, it's a sorrowful death, it's a suffering death, it's a substitutional death. But in verse number six, it's a sacrificial death. Amen. Thank God. Oh, we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone into his own way. And the Lord, if you look at that word Lord, it's four capital letters. That's Jesus laid upon himself. Amen. Christ took upon himself the iniquity of his law. And I'm not going to argue this point, but I sure like seeing it, and I hope you'll see what I'm seeing. The land in the Old Testament, there were several things. But when they offered a a sacrifice for sin, there were two things that could happen. There were some sin, Brother Gravely, where the sinner, I use that word, the offender, laid his hand on the lamb. There were others where the priest laid his hands on the lamb. And in the Bible, it was counted that by the laying on the hands, the sin passed from that sinner or the priest bearing the sin of the niece of Israel passed from him into that lamb? But I never saw this before. As I looked at this last night, I saw God in the blackness of that three hours of darkness lay his hands on Jesus Christ. And the sin of the world passed from the dying humanity, the lost humanity, the undeserving humanity into the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. I thought of this, and I've used this before, but it's like preacher like him. He took his left hand, brother Jack, and reached all the way back to Adam and collected every sin of every sinner in the Old Testament era and brought him into his body. Took the other hand, and went all the way to the last sin, the last sinner, and collected every one back to Calvary and brought them all in his body and died. For my sin, your sin, and the sin of the world. He's God's lamb. He's God's sacrifice. He's a lamb of God that come to take away the sin of the world. Please hear me as I prepare to close. There is no salvation in a living lamb. Dear dying lamb, thy precious blood shall never lose its power. The dying lamb. You go back to Exodus and you find blood. You can see blood if you'll use your imagination in four places. The first time, Brother Rico, we see this, Brother Gravin, we see the blood. We don't see it, but in our mind we see It's in the body of that lamb. Everybody with me? The second time we see it, it's in a basin. The third time we see it, it's on a brush. But the fourth time we see it, it's on the building. Blood in the body is blood available. Blood in the basin is the blood given. Blood on the breast is the Holy Ghost getting ready to apply to their heart. But blood must be applied. Can I use that expression to the door of our soul Amen. to be saved by the marvelous grace of God. You know, and, and I'm, I'm so we 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 sing these songs sometimes and get such tradition fixed in our mind, but it must have been a great day when Job discovered God had sewed his iniquity up in a bag. Now would you not agree with me? God would be a master seamstress if He sewed it up, brother. It wouldn't come unravel. Then Isaiah discovered God cast his sin behind his back. David discovered so far as the east is from the west. That removed our transgressions. Micah discovered and said, God will cast our sin into the depths of the sea. But every one of them are Old Testament doctrines. John the Baptist did not say, Behold the Lamb of God that sows iniquity up in the bag. He did not say, Behold the Lamb of God that casts sin behind his back. He did not say, Behold, the Lamb of God that removes our transgressions so far as it's from west. He did not say, Behold, the Lamb of God that cast our sin into the depths of the sea. But you know what he said? Behold, the Lamb of God that taketh away. Amen. Annihilated. Amen. Gone, gone, gone. Yes, my sins are gone. Amen. Taken away. Somebody said, Brother Ruth, where are your sins? And I just got this answer. All I can tell you, if the last man had my sins, forgot what he'd done with them, and don't know where they're at, how do you expect me to know? Amen. Amen. My sins are gone. Yes. Yeah. Let me give one more statement. I'm through, Brother Gravity, I love this. I heard this. It's not original, but I heard it. It's good. When that sinner, Brother Jack, in the Old Testament brought a sacrifice, God never looked at the defilement of the sinner. He looked at the sacrifice. Didn't matter what the sinner had done, Brother Lenny. If that sacrifice was accepted, it took care of it all. Now, <laughs> I'm glad I can say to you tonight God doesn't look at me. God won't look at you as a sinner. Ain't no need to tell God what you've done. He already knows. But God. <laughs> God's not got his eyes on you sinner in the sense of judging you for what you are. God's got his eyes on the son of God at Calvary. And when God looks at the blood, God said satisfied, satisfied, satisfied And I am not accepted because of what I've done or who I am. I'm accepted because God accepted the sacrifice
1: of his
0: dear son. Amen,
1: Yes,
0: the sinner. Some man, the soul winner. Some other man, the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And the only reason we're not seeing more people saved, and I told you to start with, I'm preaching to myself, is we're not faithful to follow the Spirit. Right. We're not familiar with the Scriptures. We're not faithful in our sharing, and people are dying and going to hell, and their blood will be at our, judge- our fingertips at the judgment seat of Christ. Because we didn't learn this simple lesson from Acts chapter number 8. Let's stand together, please. Thank you for listening. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. The altar's open if you need to come. Be obedient to God. Father, you know the need of every individual, including this preacher, in this building. Tonight. Lord, if for nobody else, I want to thank you for speaking to my own heart and working in my own life. Last night as you gave me the message and birthed it again in my soul. And through the day, dear Lord, as I've meditated upon it. Oh, God, help me to be a faithful, fervent witness to the glory and honor of the Lord Jesus Christ. I know, dear Lord, there's a work that God cannot do, that God, that man cannot do. Only God can do it in salvation. But Lord, there's a work that man must do because God will not do it. If we do not go to them, they cannot come to him. If we do not go and tell, they will go to hell. Their blood will drip from our fingertips at the judgment seat of Christ. Now, Lord, do what you want to do. Do what needs to be done, dear God. In this invitation tonight, we'll praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. What are we singing, Brother David? 177. Sing it for us when you're ready.
1: Have you been to Jesus for the cleansing Are, are oh, you, you washed, washed in the that's blood it. of the Lamb? That's it. Are you fully Trusting in his grace, desire. Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Yes. Are you washed in the blood, in the soul cleansing blood of the Lamb? Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood? Of the Lamb. Are you walking daily by the Savior's side? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Do you rest each moment in the crucified? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you washed? In the blood, in the soul, cleansing blood of the Lamb, are your garments spotless, are they white as snow, are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Say one more verse, Brother David. When the bridegroom cometh, will your robes be white? Pure and white in the blood of the lamb. Yes, yes. Will your soul be ready for the, Lord, the Lord, mansion so bright. bright and be washed in the blood of the lamb? Sing it church. Are you washed in the blood in the soul cleansing blood of the lamb? Are your garments spotless? Yes. Are they yes.
0: white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Father, I do want to say thank you for the joy of salvation. Thank you, Lord, for the joy of leading others to the Savior. Do bless this pastor and this people, Lord. I pray for this preacher. Oh God, work in my heart. Help me, dear Lord, the remainder of my days to be faithful. In sharing the gospel. Help me, dear Lord, to be sensitive to the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Help me to keep my mind full of the scriptures, dear Lord, as you taught us in the armor of God, to have my feet shod with the preparation for the gospel of peace. Help us now, dear Lord, bless us and use us to the glory of Christ. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. Preacher, I want to say one more thing. Look at me just a moment, everybody. There's a little nugget in there I overlooked. It slipped my mind. The Bible said talking about that Ethiopian eunuch, and he desired Philip that he'd come up and sit down with him. Show him the scriptures. I'm not quoting it right, but that's essence what he's saying. Brother Grabo, last night, as God's working in my heart, I got to wonder. I wonder how many people on Saturday night, last night, went to bed troubled. Boy, I wish somebody come by and tell me about God. How many people. Brother Jack, how many people you heard tell about there's home praying God send somebody by. And somebody come by. And they got saved. I'm not being mean, preacher. I'm trying to unload my soul. But every time this church has a visitation program, there's probably somebody out there wishing somebody would come by. Open the Word of God and show me the way. The devil tried to make you believe that's not so, but I'm telling you, it may be amazing who's sitting out there just waiting on somebody that'll come up and take a moment and sit down with them and open the Scriptures and share Jesus with them. Preacher, I pray the message is a blessing. I've enjoyed it. I'm through, brother. You come on. God bless you.